Hi, I'm Adam Jetson. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started on today's podcast, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. You can follow us on Instagram at FirstComesLoveTCM. You can call the voicemail at 347-TRUE-LOVE. That's 347-878-5683. Or you can email us at Let's Talk at FirstComesLoveThenComesMarriage.com. Mommy and Daddy sitting in the tree. K-I-S and I-N-G. First comes love, then comes spirit, then comes baby and the baby carrots. Hey y'all, welcome to First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. My name is Lindsay Jackson. And I'm Aaron Jackson. And on this eighth episode, we are talking about representation. So listen up. Let's go. Hey y'all, it's Melinda. Um, I'm calling because I just absolutely love this episode. Y'all know I love hair. Y'all know I especially love black hair. I feel like my explore page on Instagram is like 70% black hair. Um, I could have been a guest on this show. Like I just, I just loved everything about it. Uh, I want to comment on hair in the workplace. I think it's come a really long way. I think part of that is representation in the media. Um, I worked at an office where I was like the only entry level black girl. And I remember um, going swimming one day and this is when I wore, wore my hair pressed. And I remember going swimming, obviously it's a wrap after that, you know, I, I have to wash it and do something, but I'm not about to blow dry it, press it for work the next day. Cause I think it was like 4th of July or something, which was in the middle of the week. And you know, I just, I washed it give myself two cornrows, call it a day, you know, I, I go into the office, you know, a little, it, it was before natural hair was like really accepted, but it was like 10, probably 10 years ago, maybe even longer, 12 years ago, and um, I was a little nervous about wearing my hair like that, because nobody had seen it like that, I had only worn a weave and just my hair pressed. <laughs> So this was like the first time kind of really natural and then in an ethnic style. And I remember my, one of the directors, he was the, like one of the few black guys, he walks up to me and he goes, we're looking ethnic today. And when I tell you, I was so embarrassed. He didn't say it loud enough for everybody to hear, but he also didn't just whisper it. Uh, so it's like, I took this shot and I just kind of got shot down. But um, I feel like it's, it's changed a lot because now I can coming to work not have like combed my hair for like two weeks and I just get the most compliments ever um, so yeah um, yeah I just wanted to mention that again I love this show keep doing what you, keep it up love what you guys are doing talk to you later bye welcome back to first comes love then comes marriage podcast my name is Lindsay Jackson and I'm Aaron Jackson and today we have our last episode of Black History Month, but I mean, we're black. We talk about black stuff, so black history is American history. Black history, American history, all the time. So this topic came about because today, actually, we're walking down the street, and anyone who is new, let me tell you, I love to match match with my family, match with Aaron, the boys, Christmas, our dog, 
So today, Action usually like picks out what jacket he wants to wear and then we all kind of coordinate, fall in line after that. So he wants to wear his silver jacket. We all have on our silver jackets and we didn't go one block without someone saying, oh my goodness, I have to tell y'all, I love your family. Like this woman started laughing. She said, I'm laughing because you all are so cute. Or, I mean, we were stopped at every... We weren't stopped. Me and Action had to get to school. Lindsay was up there right. be behind. <laughs> because so. I was saying thank you and God bless you. And oh my goodness, thank you. You know, I, 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 was, I responded to the people. Um, and we live in Harlem. So, uh, you know, I don't think anything of it because it's just something that I do. I don't think anything of it. But I, we came about and we, as we dropped Action off at school and then walking back, without one of the people that were matching with us, we were still getting stopped. Someone still stopped us and said, hey, I actually see your family every morning and I love looking at you all. I love looking at how you all are matching, how you walk, how you talk. And she went into a whole spill about how she looks at us and watches us. And so I said, you know what is so crazy? We are always being watched mm -hmm. and I don't know why is it because because sometimes I'm like is it because we have action and I I think he's amazing and so other people must see he's amazing is it because we have Christmas and he's he's a big dog so maybe people just stop and stare but no because sometimes it's just me and Aaron and we are always being watched and I feel like that's something of the black culture as well to always be watched um to always be looked at to, to be observed and that's kind of how this topic came about because I said how do you feel you know as a man as a husband as a black man as a black father how do you feel always being watched do you feel like you're being watched and how do you respond to that so yes I feel like I'm being watched also I'm being watched as a couple with you and then I'm also being watched like individually and there is a fascination i feel with black people mm. uh not even black americans just like black people uh, right now i have like a whole a list of black shows because you know watching we're talking about watching and representation so i have a list of black shows on I my shirt mm -hmm. but uh when we got home we're on instagram and we're looking at the the little african kids dancing uh, oh, yeah. in the in the semicircle and I see the, those videos a lot and you know they have their crocs on and they're, and they're getting it and they're so good but it's like you know it's, a, it's like a white person filming them and like I was just thinking like is there what's the balance between like extortation exhortation mm -hmm. like taking advantage of right or appreciating this art, this craft, and uh, helping elevate. So, a lot of things happen with the TikTok, uh, the TikTok black cre creators, right? right they, yeah. uh, that was in the news, or that was in my news cycle, because nowadays, like, my news could be different from anybody else's news. Right. But in my news cycle, the black creators on TikTok are like, yo, we're not getting the credit we deserve. People are watching us. Then they are taking from us and then they're going to, they're doing, they're whitewashing it. Uh, mm -hmm. I was on TikTok the other day because we're trying to build up our TikTok and there was a guy 
was a black guy and he was like his series was how everything on this app came from black people so like every challenge and something like that and uh-huh. he'll go back and forth about how everything came from black people how like making a face or doing something related to something in black culture and that's how i feel like i feel like i'm being watched as a husband they're like okay how does how does aaron do this how is it and this is like for my friends it's also from like my work colleagues and it's also like neighbors mm-hmm. uh Lindsay and i were here for seven years before no we were here for five years before like anybody really talked to us <laughs> but they knew about us because when they did talk to about us they were like oh yeah i see you and your husband and you guys did this and this and this mm-hmm. and they'll name stuff that we used to do but they never really talked to us. They're just sitting there being observers. And at first, it really hit me because I always felt watched. It really hit me after Jack passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to rehash Jack. Go to the first season. Uh, we have a whole Jack episode. Listen to that. Uh, listen to all the seasons and all the episodes. But there's a deeper understanding of a pivotal point in my life. So that year of just heartbreak and despair and uh, hopelessness of 2018, I had an epiphany of if I'm going to be watched, give them a show. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm an entertainer by like, I'm an entertainer, not by like, well, I'm a podcaster, but I like to entertain. I like yeah. when people, I was a class clown when I was in class. I like to make people laugh. I like I like when people are having a good time. I was a host of uh, a youth church that had thousands of, of kids there. Uh, so I like to entertain. And so I'm like, why not give them a show and represent myself well? So when Lindsay's on the gram and she's like oh what's he gonna do for valentine's day and i make sure that she gets a spa day and a massage and she gets her (laughs) chocolate cake or you know i'm being a father where i'm i'm playing with my son i'm giving him hugs and kisses or we're playing catch or i'm teaching them about music or i'm dancing with them or i'm doing something silly uh because i'm being watched and it's natural for me to be an entertainer and not um and for me to get something out of it as well like i feel like it's not i'm not doing it one thing that my friend davin taught me when i first started hosting the youth church back in the day because he just gave me the mic and was like hey go on stage it's yours and i was like i don't know what to do he said entertain yourself entertain yourself and you know that way you'll never be mad I say, okay. So that's what I do. I do everything that I do for myself. Like, I know people are watching, but this is dressing up with action and playing games or uh, beatboxing and rapping with Shine or that's all fun to me. Yeah, you would do that anyway. I would do it. Yeah. So, do you feel like you can't do certain things? because you know you're being watched. Like I told you the other day, I was walking down the street with action and he did something wrong. A two-year-old, you know, he does things. And instead of doing another reaction, I took a breath, I said, okay. 
and I talked to him and I said, what's going on? You know, we took a moment in on the sidewalk, just took a moment and then we continued to walk home. Before we moved, I looked up and I saw a coworker of mine and I said, oh my goodness, how long was she there? How long was she watching us? And I could have, and I've seen it before, been one of those mothers who snatch them up, pop snatch them, pop them, use curse words, shake them up, and you know, kind of have like a moment of frustration, which I get. When I see it, I'm like, I get it. You know, there's there's something happening. There's there's no judgment there. But I didn't have that reaction. Um, thank God. And I said, oh, because you know, my coworker was right there. And I think like, do you feel like you can't do certain things? because you know you're being watched? Do you feel like you can't do certain things with me or with action that you maybe would do because you're being watched? Uh, the one thing that I don't do, and I guess it's a good thing, but I know that I am six foot braid black man, right? I know this about me. I know the history of fitting the description or whatever mm -hmm. so one thing that i try not to do and i'm very conscious of is how i represent myself when i am frustrated in that moment of frustration uh i had to a couple times like Lindsay's usually the the hot head one and i'm usually the one who has her back <laughs> when when we're going through situations like when we were going on the plane and uh delta was tripping Lin Lindsay had to be the one because I know if I'm the one, mm. then it gets escalated more. A whole nother level. So uh, there was a, it wasn't a situation, but I felt disrespected by Action School. I feel like Action School disrespected Lindsay. And so I had to be, I went up there and I showed them my aggression. It, and it wasn't truthfully it wasn't even my full aggression i wasn't that upset mm -hmm. i was just i was just like i wanted them to understand that what they did was not okay mm -hmm. but me so i had to be very cautious because uh you think you posted today you said um children james baldwin said it he yes. said children don't listen but they imitate children rarely listen to what you say but they imitate what they see yeah so i couldn't really be like going off on people cursing at people uh I don't hit like with you. I don't play wrestle with you or anything like that because I know not only am I being watched by the outside world, I have two little ones that are watching me right now. Mm -hmm. And when I say that action is a professional imitator, <laughs> action, what what do you say to you? He was like, what's up, girl? He said, what's up, girl, to me? And I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> because like, his daddy girl? said that at one point. And that's, yeah, of course. He's he's looking at you. He He's always looking at you. Yeah, so do I do feel like, um, I do feel like there are certain things that I can't do. I can't express myself freely. But it also makes me think about my emotions before I do it. So, therefore, it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to get frustrated back when I was a food runner or a server in the restaurant, there is a place where all the produce is, it's a refrigerator. So I would go inside that refrigerator, close the door and yell uh, because that's where I needed to get it out because I do need an outlet. Yes. I just can't feel restricted all the time. So that was my outlet where there are places where nobody is watching, mm -hmm. right? The only person who's watching is God and he has my back. Mm -hmm. So he's watching from a place of uh, of a father, 
of somebody who who loves me so that's how i feel about the watching i do feel like i sh i can be watched enjoy the show when i need my privacy then i have to go find it like mm -hmm. have to seek my privacy and make mm -hmm. sure nobody's watching behind closed doors and but still know that even if nobody else is watching god is watching so i still need to represent him well mm -hmm. so that's how i feel uh, what about you because it, it's interesting to me because you are literally on stage uh, every day <laughs> except for monday yeah so you have that people are watching already because that is your job to be on stage but how do you feel about being on stage as a black mother as a black woman mm -hmm. uh, as an educated black woman who has like you're about to have your second master's this year uh as a wife all these things really i like i said i already know i'm being watched and so i do what i'm going to do like you say for me and I had the same pivotal moment after Jack, our son, passed away. I literally was like, I'm all people are always looking at me. And then there was a moment where it didn't matter. I, I didn't care if people were watching and and it didn't it didn't matter because I had to feel what I was going to feel anyway. I was going to do what I was going to do anyway. I remember going back to work and still being in shock and sadness and grieving and crying daily and you know it's interesting because there's this balance of um caring and not caring so i was back at work before i was really emotionally ready to go back to work but i needed to go back to work because you got to make money yep. so you know here we are and and i there are people now that are at work and i'm like this person is not ready to be at work but they clearly have to be at work. Um, so that's hard because you, one, you get, you can't put your stuff on other people, you can't. but if you're there, you're there. And I remember crying at work, finding a place where I could cry. And it was always, um, during the song endless night. I know that the night must end and that the sun will rise. I was like, yes, the sun is going to rise. And it's so interesting. There's a second part. I know that the clouds must clear and that the sun will shine. And now to this day, like I say it and shine my sun and it just makes me smile. But I have a moment where I'm getting dressed and I'm crossing over before I come back on stage. And I would cry during that crossover um, behind the curtains, behind the scrim, behind the lights as I'm crossing. And that's not necessarily a private moment. There are people everywhere. I work with 200 plus people. Um, and at any moment, someone could see me. But I took that as my private moment. Mm. And so it's like, I know I'm being watched, but if you see me, you see me. If you don't, you don't. And I'm going to live in my truth. I know that's a saying. Live yeah. in my truth. Live in my moment. And that's what it is in the moment. And so that's the same for right now as well. I know I'm being watched, but I'm also going to do what I believe to be right. And mm. so like in that moment with action, he was doing something wrong. I'm not going to just allow my son to do something wrong, mm -hmm. but I am going to find a balance of disciplining him. There's a difference. I remember growing up and my mom saying, uh, do you want to go to the bathroom or something like that? They, you know, do we need to go to the bathroom? And that was a moment in where we as her children would recognize that we either need to straighten up or 
you gonna yeah. go to the bathroom yeah, and you go get a spanking. And yeah. so that was that was the most private place that you could go get a spanking when you're out and about. But at the same time, um, I remember kids know, right? Kids are smart. And so if they think, oh, I won't get in trouble if I'm in front of other people, then they about to wild out, right? And so I knew that there was no private place that my mom would not pop me if I did something wrong. And so we're being watched, but we're also doing the right thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so like me as a mother, me as a wife, me as a person, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm finding that balance because there's no point where I'm gonna argue with you full throttle out in public. We've talked about this before. So I'm, we're, not, we're not going to yell at each other like that in public because we represent well. We represent that, but we're also people. So (laughs) if there is a moment where we disagree and it's heated, we just might be silent, you know, and you, if somebody might feel that. And so we're being watched, but the understanding is that this is a real marriage. I am a real mother. Action is a real two-year-old. So life is not perfect well he's a three-year-old he's about to oh oh yeah this episode is gonna come out he's gonna be three <laughs> actually it's a real three-year-old oh my goodness yes so all that to say that i don't mind same as you i don't mind being watched because it's who i am i was going to go to a segment but i'm really enjoying this conversation so i'm gonna keep it going okay um and we'll just you know Sometimes our podcasts are 45 minutes, sometimes they're 30. We're already 20 minutes in, I think, right now, but it's fine because this is important. 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 <laughs> uh, do you feel like, um, I always think about my big brother. So I have a big brother that I love so much. He's probably the best big brother. I would put him against any big brother in the world. I love my big, big brother so much. The one thing about him is, I always felt that he was prayed over so much that he was on a short leash by God. So every time mm-hmm. something, every time he did something wrong, he got caught, and uh, and he he gets caught because he's being watched by God. Like he is, he's being watched, he's being taken care of. And if I if I get you in trouble for doing this right now, that's a short leash. It's kind of like with Christmas. I don't let him go all the way out there to eat a bag or eat whatever. He's on a short lease. He might do something. I might pull him back. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's how my brother was. And then it trickled down to me knowing that I'm being watched. So then I was like, I'm on a short lease. So do you feel like that is more black people on a short lease? Because I feel it's two ways. As a Christian man, Mm -hmm. I'm on a short lease. But I also have the freedoms of having the almighty behind me. But also as a black man, I'm like, I'm on a short lease because I can only do so much. Do mm-hmm. you feel like you're on a short lease? And is that short lease necessarily a hindrance or can you find freedom in that in that in the fact that you are being watched? Therefore, uh, you're almost like protected. Mm-hmm. The reality to me is that, yes, I am on a short leash. And yes, I cannot as a black woman do what I feel and see other people doing. Case in point, at work, I have to watch my tone. We've talked about this before 
is so interesting because I work in a quote unquote uh, black environment. Yes, you do. You know, like this is a black show, The Lion King. And whereas we were just talking about it, like and with your friend, a good friend of yours, um, Shine's godmother, um, you work with white people. Yeah. Um, she works with white people. And I remember working with white people at one point in my life um, and having a different type of personality, a different conversation with people. But I work with black people and yet and still because I do interact with white people, um, the leash is shorter. My words are more specific. Um, my tone has to be a little subtler, mm -hmm. uh, if you will, more subtle. Yeah. Um, and so I just think like, that's just the reality. Would I like to have more freedom? Would I like to make mistakes? Would I like to be less judged? Uh, would I like to have more grace? Yes. Yes, 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 I would. Yes, I would. And I think that the only reason why I have the grace that I have now is because of the work that I've already put into my job some nine years later. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? She has been on time and she does come, you mm -hmm. know, and I have a little bit of slack there. Just, yeah, equity, yeah. just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. But no, Alicia Short, as a black woman. Well, I would say... Like I work with, I work with, uh, it's not that diverse, right? Mm -hmm. And it's an important part of, you know, how we talk about ownership and being the boss and stuff like that. You have a lot of black coworkers, but the bosses right. are, are not, are not diverse. What makes the difference? And the diversity with the diversity comes understanding. So a lot of people have heard the saying, or, well, I was raised with the, you have to be twice as good, right? right? You have to be twice as good as everybody else uh, to even get noticed. And me being with another person of color who grew up in that same culture, there is a understanding. We know that we are being watched. We know that... Um, we could give that look we could give that head nod we have that that energy and that collective and there is a misunderstanding especially at my job there is a misunderstanding of me mm -hmm. uh, a, a, jo a joke might go the wrong way so i have to watch the way i joke right or uh, like i don't joke at work i was gonna say i now. don't I, I really don't <laughs> joke at work because uh, it could just, you know, it could go wrong. I don't want to lose my job trying to make somebody laugh. I never want to lose my job you trying to make... You uh, Yeah, do not lose your job <laughs> trying to make somebody laugh uh, unless you are a comedian and they're paying you. So yeah. when you're at work, it is no time to joke. And... But even, like, um, how I approach tables, how I talk to... How I talk to different um servers because you know there's some black servers there's some spanish servers there's some white servers you know it is more diverse but the higher ups uh i'm one of two plcs people of color in the management department so and one's ecuadorian and and then there's me and so even there there's a cultural thing but also we we do have some understanding of okay we are different and so therefore we have to maneuver differently so i feel like even with you you're like 
you were you were talking like oh i am on a short lease but that's the i feel like that's the importance of owning our own stuff like having podcasts like this where we could talk and uh we had the hair episode right where i get it you know it's like me getting my hair done some of the some of the hostess who are black or something they're like oh your hair looks really nice or i love your fro and stuff like they understand how important i understand how important it is to not have those comments where somebody's like oh you're looking real ethnic today <laughs> you know stuff like that and um because uh, a misguided comment like that from somebody who doesn't understand they are watching your reaction mm -hmm. and i'm getting judged off of my reaction not off the action that they right. did not first. to what you said yeah but so, off of how i react to yeah. you but that yeah that's, and the that's thing. why that the is... representation matters yes. and the uh diversity matters because i say um to my black servers and i'll go i love your crown to, to yeah. the women i love your crown um and they switch their hair up they switch their hair up all the time <laughs> and you know, they might be have a big fro. They might have a, a lay down. They might have the, you know, edges. Boom, girl, you look, look, I love your crown. I don't, I don't say you look good or anything like that. Cause I'm not trying to, uh, okay. Get any sexual harassment okay. stuff like that, but there is an understanding. And then they comment on my hair and it's kind of like uplifting people. So, um, that that's all a part of black people being magnetic. I think we are and I don't usually generalize, but black people are so amazing and we're so magnetic and um, people want to draw from us. It's true, but not deposit into yeah, us. Yeah, no but I could go, I could go left with that because as you were talking, I was thinking, do you, do you mind when uh, someone from another race or culture or what have you uh, acknowledges something that they like about you. So most of the time when people see us, it, not actually, no, it's it's not most of the time. Black people say, oh my gosh, I love to watch your family. White people say it, everybody says it. Um, so that's, that's not the point. But what I'm saying is when a white person says something that they think is nice, mm -hmm. right? And they say like, I just love the way you talk to your son or just, you know, because they always oh, yeah, feel but like the, but they got to say something. Yeah, but those are <laughs> microaggressions, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like, I love the way you talk to your son because black black men are fathers. Right, but exactly. They're like, oh my goodness, he's so articulate. Yeah, yeah, stuff right. like that. So okay. those are microaggression. And on uh, Disney Plus right now, uh, Quest Love and Black Thought, they have Rise Up. They're yes. like two minute songs and they have like different things. It's yeah. like, be proud of your name or uh, talk to people with microaggressions. Uh, there is like the very first episode of the season. This year, I'm working on my balance. So with my balance, I am not going to overreact and I'm not going to underreact. I'm going to assess the situation. And if I do feel like somebody is coming at me, I am going to educate them. I don't have to educate people um, aggressively, but I'm not going to this year. I'm not going to be holding on Withholding. to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to be holding on to burdens or feeling slighted and holding on to that because because it's going to all that weight is making me unbalanced. I need to be balanced. So if I keep holding on to these grudges or 
oh, this person said this to me, that's going to make me unbalanced. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the point where since I know other people are watching, when I address this person, the other person is watching and they know if they come for me a certain way, they'll get addressed too. Right. And so and not even just for you, just yeah. they were like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's not the right response. And it's cool being a trailblazer. Like Lindsay was one of the, it seemed like you were like the first dancer to ever be pregnant at, at Lion King for some reason, <laughs> but she had to keep fighting these battles for a breast pump room for uh child binding time it's like they didn't know what was going on they did not and i but other people are watching and now other people are getting child bonding time it's like you are trailblazing and and as much as we're being watched we are preparing to be watched if you stay ready you ain't got to get ready so as we end on this black history month the term unapologetically unapologetically black kind of was coined a couple years ago or rather maybe i like yeah it's been in your circle right a couple years ago right and so we're kind of we're talking about that with representation and just being who you are being who i am and a couple of weeks ago i asked a question on instagram what is one word you use every day and i feel like this was a challenging question for people because It was really thought provoking. One word that I know I use every day is really. Um, And I figured that out from action. Cause he says, I'm really, really hungry. Or I'm really, so I'm like, oh, he got that from me. I use the word really. Uh, But I got a lot of responses uh, that said, sorry. A lot of people use the word sorry every Every day. day. I'm sorry every day. And that's just one of those words that you just, you say like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You bump into someone. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to challenge you all to not say sorry, to not be sorry with something that maybe you, you, there's no reason to be sorry about. There's no reason to be sorry about who you are and, and all of your glory and all of your black culture and all of who you are. And so I think about that. Um, and I think, could you count how many times you say sorry in a day? Or could you even challenge yourself to not say sorry? If you say sorry, it's almost like, remember when we were growing up and you you had to have a speech and you couldn't use filler words like, um, or, but, you know, so, you couldn't use those words. And if you use them in my classroom, somebody would put a penny in a jar and it would make a loud sound like, like you said, don't say that. So could you go the day without saying sorry. Think about it, see how it goes. Make sure that you connect with us, DM us on Instagram. First comes love, TCM. You can always call the voicemail, tell us about your experiences, especially with an episode like this. We'd love to hear your point of view on it. You could call the voicemail at 347-TRUE-LOVE. That's 347-878-5683. Or you can email us, let's talk at first comes love then comes marriage.com see you next Friday. friday go to voicemail three four seven two love follow us on instagram at first comes love tcm